What I want to start with tonight is just, well, I have a story to tell. Ten years ago, in about, it was probably May or June of 2011, I was driving to Salem Alliance um, to interview for the job position of women's ministry pastor. And as I drove into town, I had gone to church here since I was a sophomore in high school, you guys. So at that point, that had been 20 years. I knew Salem Alliance. I knew Salem Alliance women. I had volunteered in women's ministries for seven years. And I, was, um, I had put in this application, and I knew the people who were here. And I, like, it, it all made sense. But I was driving in, and I realized, you know, Sometimes at job interviews, they ask, like, what's your philosophy of ministry or what's your vision for women's ministry? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I just, like, God said to apply, like, and I'm just me, and I think we're supposed to try this. And, and so I said, well, God, what is your heart for the women at Salem Alliance? And I almost had to pull my car off the road for how strong the sense of God's deep love for you came through. How strong the sense of what if we could be a community that could live honestly with each other in such a way that there was no shame with however we walked in this room, but that we could laugh together and we could pray together and we could build a community where women felt safe to come here, not like they had to put on their happy face or their perfect face or their clean face in order to come to church, but that church and women's ministry could be a community and a place where we could come to be women together without any pretenses of what we think Christian women are supposed to be. So 10 years in, 18 months into a pandemic, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Some of, we don't even know how to do this anymore. <laughs> we want to know how to do this. We want to have community. We long for community, but we're all just unsure on what does this... How do you do a mixer with masks on? Am I supposed to yell at you from six feet away? Like, how, can you sign my card or am I getting your germs? Like, how do, we, how do we do this? And I just, I think the thing I want you to hear tonight as women's ministry kickoff has always just kind of been our night to set the stage for what the year looks like. Friends, we don't know what the year looks like. If we know, if we learned anything in the last 18 months is that there's nothing we can count on. But the thing I'd like for us to be able to count on is that we know God and we know this community that he's been building. And we know that when we come, it's a place where we can be ourselves and we can connect with other women and we can connect with God. And for as many women as want to join us in person or join us on Facebook Live, we want to be present together this year. We want to be a place where we know, where I know that I am loved. That when I come in this room, I come in as a daughter of the king who's dearly loved. And if I'm walking in that confidence, not because I've just had such a great week and I know that just praise the Lord anyway, it's all good, but because I have my roots going deep into who God is. And if you walk into the door with your roots growing deep into who God is, then the women who walk in the door whose roots aren't so deep, whose week has been really unsettling, whose mind is really chaotic, perhaps they will be able to catch the ripple effect of God's love by our community. That's what my heart is. That's what I hope we can be. I hope we can be a peaceful place of connecting with each other on the thing that unifies us, which is the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ and his impact very practical on our daily lives. And that's 
what we need to experience. And that's why we do this together because we need his word, we need worship, we need prayer, and we need relationship and community because that's how God created us. He didn't create us to do this life isolated. He created us to do this life in community. And so this is a time for us to fight for community. This is a time, not in a combative way, but in a, I will do everything in my power to be present and to be with other people. And so I'm glad that you've chosen to be here tonight. I hope that you'll choose to be here throughout the year. I hope some of you will choose to come to retreat at Cannon Beach. Um, The things that we do are not just in order to have events on the calendar, but it's because we believe in Christ-centered community where disciples are discipling each other and our stories are sharpening each other, our roots are deepening together, and we're encouraging one another in Jesus. So that's why we do what we do and why we set the tone tonight. Having said all of that, I want to unpack for you just a little bit. We're going to go deeper into this at our October gathering, but some of us have been getting together over the last couple months, and we've been talking about what is God's heart for this year, and we've kind of landed on a theme for women's ministry for this year. This is why I love themes. If you give an overarching theme, you can kind of have a thread of connection between all that you're doing throughout the year, but the nice thing about an overarching theme is it doesn't lock you in that it has to just be one certain thing all the way through. So just know that we hold our themes loosely, but it's an idea that as we do repetition, we hope that it's part of what sends our roots deeper into what God has taught us this year. So our group of women, so we have about 20 women who've been getting together once a month just to talk about women's ministry and brainstorm about what's going on and volunteer for the things that we're doing. This is actually a shift from the way things were done before. If you've been around for a while, you might have heard of the Women's Ministry Leadership Team, and there were about eight women, and those eight women each had a team of their own, and they each ran certain ministries. And one of the difficulties of COVID is that that structure doesn't work anymore. And one of the beauties of COVID is that that structure doesn't work anymore. And so I've had an opportunity to just invite more women to the table and say, hey, if you want to be involved in forming what happens in women's ministry, come to this once a month meeting and talk with us. So if you're here tonight and you didn't know about that because I didn't know to invite you to that and you're going, I'd actually love to just lean in a little deeper and take a step of being a part of what's going on in women's ministry, come see me afterwards. I'd love to put you on the list of knowing when those are so you could come and join us. Um, That's both a... It's a base for prayer and brainstorming our programs, but it's also a base for volunteering and having a a role to do when you come to one of our events if you wanted to to serve in some way. So uh, let me know if that is of interest to you. But the group, as we prayed and we listened to God and we talked for a couple months about what do we sense God rising on our hearts, one of the things that came up over and over and over again uh, was courage. Take courage Bravery, yes. Confidence, yes. But specifically courage, that ability to act even when we're afraid. (laughs) That ability to step out when it's hard. The ability to persevere when life is disrupted. The ability to take a risk again when, boy, we've been stuck for a long time. Courage. And so we want to talk about courage this year. So what I did is I grabbed, um, actually this is a super like um, really highly spiritual way to look things up in the Bible. It's a website called Bible Gateway. <laughs> and you can type in a word and it will bring up all the verses that have that word in them. It's like not even, you don't even have to go to seminary to learn that one, you guys. 
And you can just look through the list yourself and start seeing what is God saying about whatever it is that you want to know more about. Maybe it's his holiness. Maybe it's about rest. Maybe it's about healing. But tonight, I wanted to bring a list of stuff that had to do with courage. So this is not super duper organized, but it's in order of what's here. Because one of the things I'm really excited about as we start to look at courage is the various aspects and angles on courage that we can see in the Bible. So I'm not going deep on any of these tonight. That's what we're hoping to do at the gathering over the next number of months, is take one of these angles, one of these perceptions of courage, one of these passages, and really go deeper into that particular one. But tonight, I just kind of want to give you an overview of what I see the Bible saying about courage, what causes us to lose courage, what causes courage to rise, and how God brings us our courage. So uh, take this journey with me through the Bible Gateway list of courage verses. Um, the first one, and probably the key anchor for us for this year, would be Deuteronomy 31.6. This is when um, Joshua and the Israelites were about to cross the Jordan River and go into the Promised Land, and there were all those people there who they were going to fight, and they didn't even know what it was like. They didn't know the way. They didn't know the details. But God said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic. Okay, just honest right now. How many of you are with me that you have felt panic in the last 18 months? Like that's a live word. Maybe even in my life more than it used to be. Like panic is a real thing. Um, I know that... (laughs) I know that I have relationship with someone in my life who shall remain unnamed <laughs> because we are on Facebook <laughs> and I want to guard other people's stories who has really struggled with panic lately. And it's not like their personality, but it is the transition back to something that they haven't done in 18 months. And panic is the right word. Um, so do not be afraid and do not panic before them for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So we've got this aspect of courage in the face of fear, courage in the face of anxiety, courage in the face of panic. Why? Because God is going before us. It is his presence that goes before us. We drop down a little farther and it says, be strong and courageous for you will lead these people into the land. This is God specifically speaking to Joseph. And here's what I want you to hear. God has a specific call on each life in here, whether that is as a teacher or a nurse or a daughter or a sister or a wife or a mom or, or the job that something, the people that you know, your sphere of influence, there is a calling on your life and your calling takes courage because if it was something that was within your strength, you wouldn't need God to do it and it wouldn't be a God-sized calling. And so when he says, for you will lead the people into the land, he is giving him his calling But he's also giving him his promise because when the Lord commissioned Joshua, he said, be strong and courageous for you must bring the people of Israel into the land. There's his calling. I will be with you. There's his promise. And that's the first thing I want to point out about courage is this calling and promise that God has a call on our life. His promise is his presence. Friends, his promise is not that it will be easy. His promise is not that it will be conflict free. His promise is not that everybody will be happy with you. And his promise is not that it will work out okay on this earth. His promise is that he will be with you. And it is his presence that brings us his courage. 
Joshua 1.7, this one turns the corner just a little bit. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Friends, the Bible is full of if-thens. If you do this, I will do this. When you do this, I will meet you here. And courage flows out of our obedience. Obedience is one of the things we're going to take a little bit of a look on because if we have a calling on our life, then our obedience to that courage is the thing that attracts God to engage with us and his presence with us. And it's in that place of obedience in the if then, if we're obedient, then we see God come and meet us. Friends, sometimes we don't see God on the move until we obey, right? Sometimes it takes stepping out. Remember when the Israelites crossed the Jordan? They had to step into the water before the water stopped. I think in our lives this year, we've experienced some of that. We had to step into the unknown waters before we saw God come and act on our behalf in those waters. And we will see that again and again and again in our lives. Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Here's another one. Do not be afraid or discouraged. There's that courage word. What is discouragement? It's when something knocks our feet out from under us. It's when we see something or we hear something or we feel something and, and it just knocks us sideways and we are discouraged. And God says, why should I not be afraid or discouraged? Because God is with you wherever you go. Over and over again, he brings us back to his presence. Okay, this one might seem a little bit obscure, but just go with me here for a second. Uh, this is 2 Samuel 4.1. He says, when Ish-bosheth, Saul's son, heard about Abner's death at Hebron, he lost all courage and all Israel became paralyzed with fear. So how do we lose courage? That's another one we might look at this year is what are the things that cause us to lose courage? And what really, really struck me in this one, you guys, is what caused him to lose courage was what he heard. Now, what he heard was true. Somebody had been murdered who was an ally and now he had reason to fear for his life. But friends, how many times... Is it true that the things we hear are the things that discourage us and knock our feet out from under us and knock us sideways? And and sometimes they're not even true. Perhaps it's a lie of the enemy, one of those fiery darts that the enemy of our soul is flinging at us to try to get us to believe something that's not true about God or that's not true about ourselves. Maybe it's something that we read in the news and maybe it's true and maybe it's not. But by hearing it and feeling powerless to do anything about it, we are discouraged and we enter in fear. And all Israel became paralyzed with fear. Am I wrong in saying that there have been times that all of us through the last 18 months have had these experiences of being paralyzed with fear? Of wondering, God, how is this going to work out? Lord, how are my people going to be okay? How am I going to be okay? It's discouraging when we hear these things of discouraging acts and discouraging beliefs and discouraging trajectories. And yet God continues to promise that he will be present with us. In 2 Samuel, he says this, be courageous. Let us fight bravely for our people and the citizens of our God. Sometimes courage means fighting bravely. Something courage means being strong for the thing that we believe in and the thing that we want to do, even when it is scary, even when it is hard, even when we're not sure how it's going to work out. For some of you, it took courage to be here tonight. Thanks for coming. 
We have another one about obedience, 1 Chronicles 22. And the very end of it, it says, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or lose heart. I hope that at some point throughout the year, we'll have a speaker who will talk to us about our heart and what the connection is between the state of our heart and the state of our courage. Another one that takes another tack on this, 1 Chronicles 28, 20. Be strong and courageous and do the work. This is David talking to Solomon about building the temple. And I love this one. We've got all these feelings, right? Fear and courage and terrified and bold and all these things. And then what does it say? Do the work. There's work that's ours to do. And part of courage sometimes is just doing what's in front of us to do. Whether that is cleaning the house, finishing the spreadsheet, diapering the child, feeding yourself and your roommate or your family. Like, just do the work. Like, do the things that are yours to do that God has put before you. Um, about two months ago, uh, back up a little bit further even, a couple years ago, the Lord's Prayer became really important to me. And it just became a framework that I pray through pretty regularly now, not just as a rote, pray the Lord's Prayer, but as a phrase by phrase. What does each phrase mean? Like, what exactly am I asking God for in my life? And the phrase that has just jumped off the page at me in recent months has been, give us this day our daily bread. A few months ago, knowing what was coming ahead in this, this year for me and just how full my plate was going to be, um, I just sensed the Lord say, Jennifer, this is your word for this year. Daily bread, like what is before you today and don't worry about tomorrow. Do you remember the Israelites when they were in the desert before they got to cross into the promised land and they had manna? If it's not a story you're familiar with, it's found in the book of Exodus and they didn't have food in the desert. And so every morning, bread from heaven would rain down in the desert called manna and they would gather it and then they would have enough to eat for the day. But when they got worried that the manna wouldn't fall again the next day and they tried to gather enough for two days, the extra rotted. <laughs> because God fed them every day for 40 years. And that's been a challenge to me is, what does this manna principle look like in my life? To do the work that he's given me today and not try to gather manna for tomorrow. Not try to figure out what tomorrow looks like. Here's a totally practical example. Um, I just started grad school a couple weeks ago. And when I do the assignment that's due today, I'm totally fine. I've got this. But I, when I look at the syllabus and I see what's due in the next two weeks, like, <laughs> talk about being paralyzed with fear. <laughs> How am I going to do this, God? And like over and over again, when I'm trying to work ahead, stress levels just shoot through the roof. But when I'm just doing what is on the list today with my family and my job and my school, I'm fine. So this idea of doing the work, by the way, the whole manimal principle, principle, that was just a bonus. Sometimes that happens, sorry. Um, <laughs> but this idea of doing the work on a daily basis as, an, as a foundation for courage. Ah, this is a good one too, you guys. Second Chronicles 15, eight. When Asa heard this message from Azariah the prophet, he took courage. Remember Mephibosheth who lost courage? When he heard a message, there are also messages we can hear that will give us courage, from which we can gain courage and we can take courage. I hope that this year, the things that we're doing around women's ministries are things that you can walk away from having taken more courage because there are messages that tear down and there are messages that build up. And so throughout this year, we're gonna be looking at what are these positive messages of God and his truths and what his words say so that we might be women who can take 
courage from the messages that we're listening to instead of really focusing in and listening on messages that cause us to lose courage. I like this one too, 2 Chronicles 23, 1. And this particular king summoned his courage. Wouldn't it be cool to spend a gathering talking about what it means to summon our courage? Think about, like when I'm out with my dog and I summon the dog, I say, hey, come here, come here, come here. Like I I want her attention and so I'm actively summoning her. What happens if we summon our courage? If we learn how to actively say, okay, I need what's over there to be closer to here. And it's not the same as calling a dog or a person, but it is an act of making a choice and and learning how to summon something up that, that maybe has been elusive to us. Second Chronicles 32, seven, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and his mighty army. So there is a political threat. There is a physical threat. There is imminent war. Don't be afraid or discouraged for there is a power far greater on our side. I think this is where I want to wrap up the talk time for tonight. This idea of a power far greater that is on our side. God has a call on our life and he promises us his presence. He has laws and and principles and things about his character. And he says, if you obey, then your courage will rise. He's pointed out that the voices we choose to listen to can either discourage or encourage us. And then he points out the power that is at work in us. There is a power far greater on our side. And friends, there are so many things to be discouraged about in 2021. that we're still in a pandemic wearing masks, that there are still people dying from this virus, that our kids are back to school but they don't know how to be in school, that our jobs are still kind of, we're not sure what they look like because they've changed and shifted so much, that family has been divided and broken up over the polarizing issues that have polarized our nation and our communities and even our church and our families. Friends, there is much to be discouraged about, but there is much to be encouraged about as well because the one who is on our side is more powerful than our enemy because God is the God who sees us and who knows us and who encourages us. This is the God that we want to draw close to during this time. This is what we're doing this year. Have courage, be bold, be strong. Why? Because God has a call on your life. Because there are messages that are encouraging and because he promises to be present and that the power that is at work is greater than the power in our world.